match. All right, gentlemen, welcome back to The Sportsman. We've got Mikey V. We've got Joseph Peter DeMar. Got myself, Neil Arnett. Uh, happy to be here. Gentlemen, um, a lot happened. We're definitely going to get into these bowl games. We're going to get into week 17. Um, a lot happened. So let's just jump right into which game should we start with? Let's just jump right into Michigan, Alabama. Let's start there. Um, good game. Great game, dare I say. It was a great game. And uh, Michigan pulled it out 27-20 right at the end there. Um, scored 14 points, I think, in the last like five, six, seven minutes. They were down seven. Then they ended up winning by seven uh, in overtime. But uh, Mikey, and I hate Michigan, <laughs> but uh, we'll start with you here. Yeah, you know, I think people would look at that game and they'd say, you know, the third quarter of that game, I saw a lot of people complaining about the third quarter and you know, they want, you know, people these days, they want games like that Texas-Washington game, which we'll get to where it's, you know, back and forth, high scoring. But to me, this was a battle of titans. This was a battle of national blue blood programs. This was a battle of two of the most historic programs in the sport. Um, Alabama, with all of their recent accolades and historical accolades, Michigan, more of the historic nature. Um, not having won a national title since 97. Um, but I was not expecting Michigan's defensive line to do what they did to Alabama's offensive line. This Alabama offensive line had to be the worst collective group I've ever seen Nick Saban put out on a football field. The center could not snap the ball correctly the whole day. That was it, was, terrible. It, it was a permanent issue between him and, and uh, Jalen Milrose exchange the whole day. Um, Michigan certainly gave Alabama opportunities. Um, the muffed punt, the uh, JJ McCarthy interception that wasn't an interception on the first drive ended up uh, being overturned, wasn't actually an interception. Um, and then Bama, of course, with the Millrow fumble. I personally think the game unfolded beautifully. I think the third quarter, it was it was like watching two great prize fighters struggle, like yeah. go through their struggles and, and, and not have everything go exactly the way they wanted. You had Alabama um, jump out early, Michigan respond, Bama go back on top. And then Michigan, just with the last four minutes of that game, just when it looked like nothing, they could figure nothing out offensively. It just completely flipped in the span of four minutes in the overtime period. Some really questionable play, uh, play calling by Bama at the end, uh, especially the fourth down call in overtime. It looked like Milrow stopped trusting the passing game. Uh, Alabama had some success on the ground. They ripped off a couple big runs, Milrow included. Um, but it looked like they just didn't trust Milrow to throw the ball, or maybe he didn't trust himself at the end. I can't explain why that fourth down call wouldn't have been some type of rollout read option quarterback waggle something like that to move him out of the pocket um the snap was a little off so maybe that threw off the entire play again the, the center to quarterback exchange for bama was terrible but michigan when they needed it the most blake Corum, as he's done for multiple years now came through with the clutch run at the end of uh at the end of the the first half of the first overtime and uh, once he broke that run, I really thought I was I was going to be surprised if Alabama could keep that game extended. 
Um, and and hats off to Michigan, well deserved. Uh, and they roll on and they roll on to the national title game. Joey D. Uh, Michigan's the best team in the country, I believe. Um, and the reason being is that um they dominated the first half, dominated the first half. Alabama, for all intents and purposes, should have been down maybe two scores, two touchdowns, and they hung around, shows a testament to how good of a team they are. But then I'll tell you what, man, Nick Saban made some big-time adjustments going into the second half because it looked like Michigan could do whatever they wanted. They had some trick plays that they they, they called. They had a couple things that they looked like they were getting big chunk runs. And then going into the third quarter, Alabama's defense absolutely suffocated Michigan. It looked like they couldn't get a first down. They couldn't get anything. They really couldn't get anything going up until – essentially the last drive and a sign of a good team is a team when all your chips are in when the game is on the line they come through and they win for you and and that's exactly what happened um a, a really gutsy call by Harbaugh they still had timeouts to go for it inside basically their 30 yard line with like you know enough time that they could have essentially kicked the ball off hunted it and tried to trust their defense to get the ball back because if they up uh, you know, if they don't get that first down at the end of the game there and, you know, Alabama scores a field goal, the game's over. So huge call by Harbaugh. The offense comes through, scores a big needed touchdown, and then stops Alabama, you know, which ticket you and I were talking about it after they scored the touchdown. I think a lot of people just thought Alabama was going to go down, kick, kick a game-winning field goal yeah. to end the game, especially with how good that field goal kicker was. I mean, the guy had a 52 and a 50 looked lights out. Um, so for them to come back and then stop them on 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 defense and then go into, you know, the loss of coin toss, normally the first team that goes first is at a disadvantage. They come out and score a touchdown. So all these things just kind of show to me that Michigan is just it's a very um, mentally tough team this year, maybe not like we've seen in the past. Um, and I thought Harbaugh did a great job coaching them. I know, Mikey, you're not a fan of his, and I'm not particularly either, but I thought Michigan did what needed to be done. And, you know, I think they deserve to win the game. But what a football game, man. All in all, it was really enjoyable, especially after watching some of these shitty bowl games, uh, you know, leading up until yesterday. It was really, really enjoyable just to sit back, even as an objective, you know, non-fan, and just watch these two teams duke it out. It was awesome football to watch. Yeah, it was a great game. I mean, it's been one of the worst bowl seasons maybe that I've ever watched. And then to have the semifinals be as good as they were was uh, was a surprise, especially since most ever since they've been doing this 14 playoff, it's been pretty much runaway games, except maybe last year and then again this year. So it was nice that we had a couple great games uh, yesterday. But, you know, Blake Corum had a nice game. He, he, he really held together a lot of that offense. But Mikey, it goes back to what we were saying last week. You know, Michigan can win this game if the defense can get Milrow out of a rhythm, if they can get to him, if they can put pressure to him. And that's exactly what they did, and they won the game. So uh, hats off to to Michigan. Um, you know, the one thing I, I take uh, umbrage with, if I can steal that from Nikki Diamonds, is, um, <laughs> you know, Harbaugh, great win. Just take your win and, and – he went out there and said that J.J. McCarthy's not only the best yeah. Michigan quarterback. That's outrageous. He's the best quarterback in college football history. Now, give me a fucking – just take your win and get ready for next week. Why do you got to say something so Crazy. ridiculous? 
he is he is so this whole team i mean you could tell one thing about michigan that that i gotta say is that um they are so in love with each other like you could really see this team like will fight and kill for one another they really really bought into that that sell that Harbaugh sells more than like team. He sells more than like teamwork. He sells like family and he sells like this, this mentality where it's like, you know, you're it's do or die with this team. Like it's blood in blood out with this team. It really feels that way. And the way Corum runs and the way he, when he was bloodied up in that Penn state game coming off the field uh, in the Penn state game. And I, I mean, listen, I could only sit here. And say that, uh, you know, I kind of recognize that from the Urban Meyer days with Ohio State, how he kind of had the same kind of toughness with the, with their players and the same kind of buy-in. And uh, that's something that really you can't put a price on that. And they've all bought in. So that's Harbaugh really pumping the tires of his kid and making him feel like, you know, he's. But, yeah, I said it on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. It's a, it's a it's a it's an absolutely ridiculous thing. And it, actually, I think it puts the kid at a disadvantage. Because uh, it puts him in a spot where now our reporter is going to start asking him, well, well, do you think you're the greatest Michigan quarterback ever? Do yeah. you think you're the greatest? Co-? First of all, he's not the greatest quarterback in college football history. Secondly, he's not even the greatest quarterback in Michigan football history. But I'll tell you this. He's not even the best quarterback this year. J.J. McCarthy is an absolute winner. He's a winner, and that can't be disputed. He beats Ohio State every year. That's mission number one, always for Michigan, always for Ohio State, is beat that other team. He does that every year. He's won the Big Ten almost every year. He could check that box off. He wins his conference. He's gone to the playoffs. He couldn't get over that mountain. Now he's over that mountain. If he wins the national championship, he will go down as one of the greatest Michigan quarterbacks ever, solely out 26 of 26 and one. Yeah, not 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 because well, they he he didn't lose two. He had to lose no, he, no Georgia and TCU. He didn't lose to Georgia. He wasn't the quarterback for they the Georgia. They said he game. was. They said 25-1 and one, uh, after yesterday. Well, they lost that first playoff game to Georgia. I think he was on the roster. Maybe he wasn't the starter at the time. But regardless, if they win the national championship, he is one of the greatest Michigan quarterbacks ever, strictly out of the fact of what he did for this team and the wins that he he was able to collect for this team. So um, while it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ludicrous comment by Harbaugh, I get what he's doing. And all these guys have bought into it. I mean, these guys, you look at the way they play, yeah. man. They they are they feel disrespected. One. They feel disrespected. Is that as a starter or just with the program in general? Michigan starter, signal, signal caller. Yeah, on, yeah. Uh, I think one. he was on that roster. So, yeah, I won't give him that loss either because he wasn't the starter. But um, that's yeah. pretty unbelievable, man. Jeez. Sure. Yeah. Fantasy football champs. Our friends at Manscaped want to congratulate you on making it to the 2024 playoffs. As for the rest, well, the fantasy gods have spoken, and it's time to shave off that didn't-make-the-cut playoff beard. No more hiding behind facial hair. Embrace the clean slate with Manscaped's Beard Hedger, because nothing should be as unruly as your failed trade strategies. Embrace victory and join the 10 million men who trust Manscaped with our special offer. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code SPORTSMANPOD20 for 20% off and free shipping. Listen, the Beard Hedger has me keeping uh, clean, cut, nice, compact, beautiful look to this beard no matter what. If I make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs. And listen, fantasy football is the most fickle thing on the planet. You could score 200 points one week, get outscored. You could score 100 points the next week and win the game by 20 points. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense, and that's okay. What does make sense is 
the beard hedger from Manscaped. That makes a ton of sense, especially in this situation. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code SPORTSMANPOD20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off of free shipping at Manscaped.com and use our code Sportsman Pod 20. Get ready for the fantasy football offseason like a true grooming champion with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. You're not just shaping your beard, you're crafting a winning look. Um, all right, well, moving on here. Uh, the night game that went, if you live on the East Coast, fucking to one in the morning. Um, <laughs> that was that was tough. Uh, but Texas taking on Washington in the Sugar Bowl. Um, another very, very good game. But Texas coming up a little bit short, losing to Washington, 37-31. to 31. Joe, walk me through that game. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. looked unbelievable this game. Um, I really think he was a difference. Quinn Ewers, big stretches of the game looked like he just did not have the sauce. And then you cop that up with the two fumbles by the uh, by their running back at very, very inopportune times. Those were big differences in the game. This game, to me, looked like it was done. It looked like it was over, finished. They kicked the field goal. You know, it, it looked like it was done. And then, you know, with the injury and then the kicker interference on the punt. And then all of a sudden there's a 30-yard pass. And all of a sudden Texas is in range to score a touchdown at the end of the game. I, I was shocked at how it finished. It ended up being for like a really exciting finish. But Washington, I think Mikey said it before, is a team that, I, I don't know, man, every time you doubt them, they come out and somehow just win games. And obviously a lot of it's Michael Penix Jr., but the defense also comes up with big plays. They're, they're an opportunistic defense. That's what they'll they are. They'll give up a ton of yards, and yes. then they'll get takeaways yep. in the most yep. crucial yep. moments. And they've done it against Oregon. They did it last night. Um, this is a team that just doesn't quit. They they believe in themselves. They want to win. And I truly believe that, they, you know, Michigan will win the national title. But I'll tell you what, man, don't sleep on this Washington Huskies team because they believe in themselves. Their coach has done a great job in in, in uniting this team. And, and I feel like anytime, we, Mikey said it before, you have a perennial quarterback like Michael Penix Jr.'s you have a chance to win a, a game at the college level. And that's exactly what they have. So kudos to them because especially with the Pac-12 disassembling, it's really nice to see, you know, a team, uh, you know, kind of from that from that area really go on to do big things because normally that's an afterthought in the Pac-12. So, you know, I, I, I'm excited to see how they match up against USC, but this was, or uh, sorry, not USC against Michigan, but this is a very, very fun game to watch. High scoring had a lot of, of everything really. And um, I was really happy to see Washington win. Mikey. Yeah. I mean, look, you got an, uh, you technically now you have an all big 10 national championship game because Washington will be in the yeah. big Washington when they defend it. Whoever wins this national championship game, is when they defend it next year is going to be a Big Ten uh, team. So uh, Big Ten, this was big for the Big Ten for Washington to get that win. I just think, you know, everyone. Are you wants happy to, about it, Mikey? Everyone wants to talk SEC, SEC. I mean, I, I you know, I, I like Texas, um, but I think this is good for the Big Ten moving forward, certainly to establish credibility like this, uh, to have an all Big Ten title game like this. Um, but here's the thing. Michael Penix, I've been singing his praises for this kid since he was at Indiana. Um, I saw what he was capable of against some of those better Big Ten defenses while he was at Indiana. He's been nothing but magnificent since he's went to Washington. Last night, 
I think the only thing that's going to stop Washington from beating Michigan potentially is the coaching. I think they're going to be out coached. And I think that the Washington coach makes some bad decisions uh, at certain times. And I say, I'll say the same for his counterpart last night, Steve Sarkeesian. I thought Sark made a couple bad decisions last night also. Yeah. Um, so those teams, you know, they, they don't have Harbaugh and Saban. Uh, they have who they have. And those guys aren't those two. And that's fine. Um, Washington's offensive line is a lot better than Alabama's. So I expect Michigan's not going to be able to do what they did in that first half. I wouldn't think where it looked like they were just living in the backfield the entire half. Washington can certainly score on Michigan. I believe that. I believe Washington can score on anybody. If Penix plays the way he played last night, they will score on Michigan. The whole difference to me is, is the Washington coach going to be able to call a good game here? And is Washington defense going to be able to get enough stops on Michigan? And Michigan doesn't have this prolific offense by any means. They just, they're, they're, they're a lunch pail offense. They'll just come and smack you in the mouth and beat you up and they'll run the ball all over you. And that's what they'll try and do. But Michigan cannot get caught in a game where it's going to be like a shootout type of game because you're going to lose that game. Um, they're going to have to try and slow the game down, play smash mouth. But in terms of just the semifinal game itself, Washington was an eight point underdog or a nine point underdog to Oregon in the national, in the PAC 12 championship game. They were a four, uh, they were a four point underdog to Texas last night. They're a four and a half point underdog to Michigan in the national title game. And what have they done? They've done nothing but win every single game in front of them, uh, against all odds. So, you know, it's, it's tough for me. I think that's a lot of points. Uh, I would actually probably lean towards taking Washington with the points, but I could certainly see Michigan beating them. I think it's going to be a great national championship game. And in the beginning, I got to be honest, I thought that the Alabama-Michigan game, that was like the auto bid to win the national title. I don't feel that way this year. I, I don't. I feel like now, after seeing what, what Penix did last night against a pretty decent Texas defense, um, I think it's going to be a great national title. I think we're going to be in for a treat next Monday. Now, Mikey did correct me if I'm wrong, but did Washington not lose their running back last night? Didn't they lose their, did their running back not get hurt last night? Uh, I, okay I, at the end, I think. I think, I think he was okay. Yeah. You were chopping up a little bit too. Oh, there. my bad. That's okay. I said, Oh boy. Yeah. I, um, no, I, I don't know if they, I don't know if he'll be gone for the game. Um, I, I I'm not sure. Okay. But you know what? Showed him on the sidelines at the end. I think he's okay. To me, Washington is like as long as their wideouts are okay and Penix is okay and the offensive line is okay, they'll be okay. They could plug somebody in there to run the ball. Now I'm not saying that they'll be as good, but um, to me, it all starts with that Washington offensive line, and they're a much better right. unit than Alabama. Alabama's uh, offensive line, 112th in the country, and giving up sacks. That's that's not a Nick Saban offensive line. It's just not. Um, so, Michigan fans, I don't think that I wouldn't go into this game expecting to to dominate at the point of attack in the pass rush the way you did against Alabama. But then again, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Washington doesn't have a good night, but. Again, I just think it's going to be a real – I'm excited. I'm excited. I think it's a really cool contrast of of teams, and I think Washington's going to go in and hear about how Michigan's going to run the ball down their throat, and they're the bigger, tougher team, and right. you know they're better in the trenches. I think Washington will take that. And on the flip side, Michigan's going to go in, and they're going to hear all about this high-flying Washington offense and how they could do this, and Michigan's going to want to punch them right in the mouth. So I think it's going to be a really, really fun national championship game. I can't wait. 
That, I agree. That Adunze guy is is that Special. receiver. Bruno Adunze, yeah. I saw some 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 clown today was like he's better than Marvin Harrison. I'm like, that's that's outrageous. Come on. You know, like, he's really good. He's the good. number two wideout off the board for me, no doubt about it. Um, he also had a couple throws where it was like literally Penix dude, put it dude. in his arms. What, what would Marvin Harrison do with Michael Penix as his quarterback, bro? Oh my god! Like, come on, come on. And that Westover tight end looked really, really awesome. solid. Yeah. yeah, he's awesome too. Yeah, this game is going to be, it's going to be a great, great football game. You know, and and it's just the the semifinals were fantastic, and uh, you know, I think maybe people maybe wanted to see Texas because Texas is such a football brand. And I'm not saying Washington isn't, but they're not Texas. But really, this Washington team is, you got the best player against the best team, in my opinion. Penix is the best player. Michigan's the best team. Let's see Let's see who comes out on top. Yeah, let's see. Um, I do want to move on to the NFL, but I want to throw one question your guys' way real quick, just a quick answer on it. If Georgia had played Michigan, would, would that game have ended differently? I can't say that. Uh, in my opinion, I can't say that. And people okay. are chirping about Georgia a lot now because okay. of what they did to Florida State. Let me explain something to you. Florida State didn't have their team. That Florida State team that was on the field for that orange what, what bowl was that? The Orange Bowl. That was the Orange Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so. I believe I so. it was the Orange Bowl, or was it the Fiesta? I think it was the Orange Bowl. Fiesta was the Oregon. Fiesta Liberty was Oregon game. game. Yeah. The, the, the Orange Bowl, the team that Florida State put out on that field had 27 opt-outs, five of which were the starting front seven guys on defense. They fielded a, a, a borderline FCS Division II college football team and played against a Georgia team that was extremely pissed off. Everyone for Georgia played outside of Brock Bowers. Uh, they were extremely, extremely pissed off because A, they lost to Alabama, B, they didn't make the playoff, and C, they wanted to prove a point that they were one of the best four teams in the country. And they certainly are one of the best four teams in the country. But I am not going to sit here and say that Georgia would have would have auto-beat Michigan or Washington. I'm not going to – Georgia had their opportunity, just like every other major blue-chip program in the country has – you know the task at hand. It doesn't matter how good you are all year. You could go undefeated. You get to that conference championship game. You know the deal. If you lose that game, you're likely going to miss the playoff. That's yeah. just the way it goes. They had it in front of them, and they lost to a Bama team that not only lost to one of the other playoff teams in Texas, but then lost to eventually Michigan. So I am not going to sit here and say Georgia would have auto beat Washington or, or, uh, or Michigan. I just can't say that. Do I think Georgia was one of the best four teams? Probably. Do you have to worry about it starting next year? No. And that's a great thing because next year we could get rid of all this controversy and nonsense. All right. Um, Joe, do you want to respond? I, I was just going to say this year was probably the, the culmination of everything that could have happened that did happen in yeah. order for this to happen this way. If Alabama doesn't get fourth and 30 against Auburn in the iron, in the iron bowl, they're not even in the playoffs. So that's correct. It was the shitty situation for Florida state. It was a shitty situation for Georgia, but at the end of the day, you got to win the games. You got to win. And they should have been treating that game like a playoff. And if you lose a playoff game, you're out. And essentially that's what that was. Yeah. I think the writing was kind of on the wall, but I, I would agree that Georgia to me, I mean, based on their record, they should be in the top four. It's just a shitty situation on all fronts, the way that it played out. And unfortunately, like Mikey said, 
that's just the way it is. And thankfully next year, that won't have to be the situation anymore. But yeah, anytime you got a coach like Kirby Smart, you can win everything. That guy's unbelievable. The program. I mean, they and have they, is... they 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 have they have five stars, four stars all over the field, and they all played. They all wanted to play, which is a testament to Kirby Smart. And you know, but they laid an egg against Bama in the SEC title game. They really that SEC title game. You were just waiting for Georgia to figure it out offensively, and they just they never did. They just never did. And Bama, uh, credit to Bama. You know, Bama was the, one of the hottest teams in the country to finish. And that's sometimes what it takes. And they were four minutes away, Bama, from another trip to the national title. But they could not, could not finish. And that's what it's all about. Um, all right, boys. Let's move on to the NFL. Uh, week 17. Um, let's start with the Saturday night game. The Lions uh, fell to the Cowboys by one point, 20 to 19. And a um, bit of a controversial ending. But I'll leave it to the experts here to uh, walk me through huh. what happened there in that game. Uh, Mikey, what happened there? Well, what what happened was Mike McCarthy almost got fired, uh, you know, at the end of the game in the locker room was what would have probably happened had Dallas actually go ahead and blown that game uh, the way it unfolded. Dan Campbell, I, I love and appreciate this guy, man. He's got balls the size of fucking watermelons. But but once you get hit with that outrageous should have never been called penalty, which the NFL, that's a total, we could do an hour long sportsman episode on what needs to change with the officiating and the rules in the NFL um, with that, with that, with Taylor Decker reporting is eligible, but the referee didn't see it. And, and, and he called the other guy. He thought the other guy reported is eligible, total nonsense, um, unfortunate. But once that penalty happens, and you move the ball back to the yeah. to the seven or the five, whatever it is, you you can't go for two there. I'm sorry. You just first of all, the defense is now prepared that you're gonna go for two because you just tried to go for two. Now they got it. The defense settles in a little bit more. They're not like on the edge of their seat. Holy shit, this guy's going for two. We can't believe it. Now they're kind of like, all right, they're going for two again. We saw one play already. Everybody settle the fuck down. Now they're moving them back another five yards. You're trying it from the seven. You just kick the extra point there. You still have all the momentum, Dan Campbell. The Lions got all the momentum in the world there. Kick the extra point, go to overtime, and 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 play it out. I love going for two in this in the original spot. I absolutely fucking hate it. Go doubling off. It was down the wrong and, then, call. and then tripling down on it because it was it took three times. It, it's just yeah, it's just it wasn't the right call in my opinion. Other than that, Dallas really, I mean, they got away with murder, uh, and and it and it couldn't have been any bigger for them, especially ticket. And I'm sorry with the Eagles going down to the Cardinals. I mean, the Cowboys got so so fortunate how this whole weekend played out for them. Uh, just just everything that could go right for them went right. Um, in that regard with the division. Um, but yeah, just a heartbreaker to see to see that happen. This is the second week in a row that Dallas's defense just folded like a cheap suit. Um, I take in this as my game of the week. I see Dallas is up seven points. I'm feeling very good about it going into the last drive. And the, the defensive scheme that they were calling, like, was just so – they were just giving up – 10, 15 yards at a time to Laporta, to St. Brown, like up the middle, just no defense, no pressure, no pressure on Jared Goff, who showed for large chunks of the game that when you got to him, he was either going to make a mistake or throw a poor pass. No blitzing, no pressure, prevent defense, just wide open gash after gash. I was so pissed. I had taken Dallas live. Um, 
and and to see how poorly they played on defense without any adjustments as they went all the way down the field uh they deserve to lose as far as i'm concerned they did it against miami they let miami drive all the way down the field when when the offense had scored when they needed it and they did it again dak marched them down great throw multiple great throws on that drive great touchdown pass to brandon cooks then they end up getting the field goal off the turnover which by the way i don't understand why they were throwing the ball too talk about a bizarre like just play calling to stop in the clock by throwing the ball when you're trying to run the game out dallas just made a lot of mistakes and after watching this game, I really realized Dallas is kind of fraudulent, man. They they, they really are the kind same, of fraudulent. It's just the same story with the Cowboys every year, and I say it every week on the show. I feel like I say it all the time. It just always feels like Groundhog's Day. Like they they have this offense that they could light you up from a bunch of different ways. They have a defense that like flies to the football some weeks, and they look like the '85 Bears some weeks. And then, but just when 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 it comes to crunch time, and it really comes to like. Those those the biggest moments ever. I think Joe Joe Joe's analogy is right. They just fold like a cheap suit in those spots all the time. This was this was an example of them actually getting away with it and it not biting them in the ass. Joe's pick, I mean, honestly, should have been the correct one. I don't think he was off on that. Even though last week I said it was too many points, and I think I took the Lions on the show last week. It turned out the way the game worked out that Joe's pick, I think, was the correct one. It's just the way that it went down. Like, it's just another, like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, how does this happen year in and year out with Dallas? Well, if you're going to get away and, uh, with What's something... going to happen in the playoffs? I really don't know. I, I really don't know. Because they could catch one of these wild card teams that's hot. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm, they're not beyond beating them, I don't think. You know, if you're going to fold like a cheap yeah, suit and still, still get away with it, it's going to happen against the Lions because no one – you think Dallas knows how to shoot themselves in the foot. It, it, no one does it better than Detroit. Um, but that being said, like Mikey said, they they sort of got robbed. The the official didn't see it. The guy reported. The guy didn't see it. Unfortunately, that fucking happens sometimes. And it, you know what? It tends to happen to the Lions. But it happened. It does happen. You got to take your chances on that. Um, and then as far as the Lions go for the whole game, man, it's just Jared Goff played another inconsistent game. He's just He just shot that team in the foot time and time again. Um Jameer Gibbs, again, underutilized completely in the first half. They remembered he was on the team in the second half. But the Cowboys, I mean, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm feeling a lot like I myself am feeling as a Philly fan. Just a team that you cannot trust, man. Just just a team that will refuses to beat good teams. I would be, I would be just as worried if I was a Dallas fan because this team, man, they just don't want to win big games. So... You know, if they got away with one, um, they live to see another week. They're definitely going to make the playoffs, but I would not be shocked if they, they go out the first round. I mean, that's just the way this team's playing, and you just can't trust Dak as far as you can throw him. Um, all right, boys, let's move on here to uh, – <laughs> it should have been a good game, but it ended up being an absolute blowout, probably by the only team in the NFL you absolutely can trust. The Dolphins went to Baltimore, played the Ravens, and the Ravens kicked the snot out of them, 56 to 19. Joey D, what'd you see there? The Ravens are in a different class, man. And Lamar Jackson, just this guy was just, he was playing like backyard 
fucking football. It was like, you know, on sometimes at Christmas during the holidays, we'd get a bunch of guys, we'd go play flag football or touch football. It just looked like he was just seamlessly chucking the ball <laughs> for 70, 80 yards a time. This was not even close. The Dolphins are Soft. going they're going to lose to the Bills this week, and they are not going to win the division. And that is a shame because they had this division wrapped with a fucking bow, and they just cannot beat good teams. Aside from Dallas, who we just said chokes consistently. They just can't. They can't get out of their own way, man. The defense is a liability. And we had talked about some improvements with the corners, with Ramsey and Howard, some of these guys. It does. I, the defense is just soft. And if two is not scoring fucking four or five touchdowns a game, they just, they are not going to win football games. And that's the bottom line. And man, Baltimore is firing on all cylinders. They are, they are just dismantling teams. They look as good as they look better than anyone in the league right now. And it's not even close. Yeah. Mikey. Hey, listen, um, Baltimore to me, you know, last week uh, they were my game of the week only because, only because really they're a home team and they're they're only three and a half point favorite. I mean, a team like that with the record they have after the win they just had against San Francisco, I just didn't see how that was that that number just didn't compute in my brain. Um, but here's the thing: Miami to me, like I said last week, I think is soft. I think Miami, when push comes to shove, if Tua's got to get you yards himself. I feel like every quarterback almost in the NFL, if they got to get you young, I just always feel like he's just on the verge of like disaster, like something disastrous going to happen. It's like a pit in your stomach kind of feeling with him. Some of the throw now he makes spectacular throws, but then, it, then it's just like these moments, these isolated moments. The defense is, is now completely fucked because Bradley Chubb is out for the year. Um, Xavier Howard got hurt in the game. When Ramsey wasn't in this in the in the defense earlier in the year, they were in shambles really on the back end. Just Miami, just they're not tough, man. They're not tough. They they're they're a great like they're a great like team to go watch play because of like what they could do offensively with Hill and Waddle and a chain and Mostert and all the speed. They're fun, but you know what? When it comes to crashing down in in the playoffs and the winter months hit and you got to travel and you're not in sunny Miami anymore and you come up to Baltimore and you got to play a team like the Ravens who are just built to beat the shit out of you, teams like that are never going to prevail. Like nine times out of ten, they're just going to fall flat on their face, and that's what happened on Sunday. They kept it close in the beginning. They came right down. The first drive, they scored a touchdown. Baltimore settled in. Roquan Smith, I mean, Jesus, this guy was all over the uh, field. Um, he looked fantastic. Where was that with the Bears? He was a great player with the, play Bears. with the Bears. Um, again, I have, but again, he looks next level right now. Yeah, I mean, well, he's one of the best in, in, inside linebackers in the game. But I still think that the the Bears did a great thing with T.J. Edwards and 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 Tremaine Edmonds. I think they've been great. Um, but that aside, uh, good for Roquan. He made some crazy plays. Uh, you know, he's in a defense that he's very comfortable in that Baltimore defense. Like they just, they're just really, really good. Um, and you know, it's going to be fun to see, uh, I think they play Pittsburgh this week is, is, is their next game. And, you know, between, between that and, and the Browns, I mean, this could be a very fun AFC North to watch, uh, come playoff time, because I think the Browns are one of the other most intriguing storylines in the league with Flacco, but Lamar Jackson locked up the MVP MVP discussion is over. It's his it's the, the now he's the, he's the youngest NFL uh, player to ever win the uh, MVP twice um, and good for him. 
good for him. He deserves it. And 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 Baltimore just keeps rolling on. They just keep rolling on. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. What this game showed me is that you, I do believe that they're the best team in football right now. But I feel like we've said that new. I feel like the Lions early in the season took a turn. The Eagles certainly took a turn. The Niners up until that Baltimore game took a turn. Now we're saying it about the Ravens. I think there was a brief period where it looked like Josh was back. We might have even have said it for a, a week or two about the Bills. And and now it's the Ravens. And it's it's almost like it's just whichever one of these six teams is going to get hot at that right moment. And it does look like the Ravens right now. That's who's going to win it. Because there does it seems to be a week-to-week thing of who the tr- the true best team in the league is. And, um, you know, I think it will come down to the 49ers and the Ravens, but it's hard to hard to bet against the Ravens at all right now. Lamar was just toying with them. I mean, he was yep. just he had him on strings out there, dog. He was it was it was it was it was embarrassing to watch, to be honest. I almost wanted them to call it early at one point because the Dolphins were just they were just getting embarrassed. Um, Dolphins, like Mikey said, they, they lost a few defensive players, but it was it was tough. The, listen, for the Ravens to score 56 points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, the way the Ravens play football, that makes that even more impressive because they are not this team that's not going to, they're not going to not run the ball. They're going to run the ball. They're going to, they're going to chew up clock. You know, Lamar will go, you know, Lamar will go dink and dunk a little bit before he takes his deep shots. Like the clock usually runs when the Ravens offense has the ball, you know? So for them to put up 56 points, is like, it's almost insane to think about because like how, how could there be that much time available to the offense to score that many points? So, you know, the road to the, the road to the, the Super Bowl runs through Baltimore on the AFC side and man, with the weather going to be as nasty as it gets in the Northeast here in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be, that's going to be a tough place to go and, and win a football game. Very you know tough. what's crazy is that, you know, this team just lost Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely Likely's looks been like tremendous. he is yeah, one of the does. best tight ends. Yeah. You sure. see the catches he was like the <laughs> yeah. one hand. I mean, it's and Zay, Fla- Zay Flowers is a stud, man. I've been oh. saying it all year. Zay Flowers every every week when I do that stardom or sit him fantasy show on Sundays, everyone, whenever they put in Zay Flowers or I just say, just start Zay Flowers. I just say, just start Zay Flowers. He's he's tremendous. But yeah, like that one handed catch Joe. was unbelievable. Yeah. too. Yeah, this team just finds ways to overcome adversity and injuries and they're still rolling man so good for them yeah it's one of the best organizations going that's what everyone says and it's obviously translating onto the field uh it's fun to watch um unless unless you're a miami fan wasn't too fun last week um but let's do it let's move on um i i was really thinking about skipping this game man but i I guess everyone keeps telling me they're one of the better teams and and they were still in a fight for home field advantage in the playoffs, but we'll, we'll let's keep this brief um, so we can get to other games. The Cardinals, they traveled all the way from Glendale. They went all the way. They hopped on a five-hour flight. They came to Philadelphia, and um, oh. and they embarrassed us. They were they were a three-win team, and they embarrassed us. Uh, Mikey, what what happened to this this elite team? What happened to this great team? Um, I, you know, I, 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 I think I'm finally ready to just accept the fact that while I think the offense could still score points, um, with regularity, um, the defense just, the the defense is just, they're just so, they are a shadow of themselves from last year. And I knew statistically where they stood compared to last year. And obviously last year they were like top three in almost every major category across the board. And this year they're like bottom of the barrel and almost, 
uh, across the board in those major categories defensively. But man, oh man, like Jordan Davis, I saw something today on a Philly podcast where um, uh, Brian Baldinger was like, he's basically accusing Jordan Davis of just being completely out of shape and just not being able to 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 pursue the football. And that's correct. That's a that's a major concern because you got a guy like Fletcher Cox who's been in the league for way too long. He he can't he can't run three downs the way he used to. Jalen Carter, obviously, he's a puppy and he's been a, he's he's defensive rookie of the year with a bullet, in my opinion. He's been tremendous, but outside of 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 um of Jalen Carter and Hassan Reddick, I mean, you know, Slay's been banged up. This defense, this defense just isn't it. Ticket, they just they just cannot stop anybody. Kyler Murray, you know, I guess Kyler Murray's going to hang around with Arizona for a while. He was doing some Kyler Murray things, and James Conner is an unsung hero. He's a back that week in and week out just shows up and gets the job done more times than not. So I give James Conner a lot of credit because uh, he's one of the better backs in the league, and he has been now for, for several years and he doesn't get any accolades. Cause he's, he's, you know, a lunch pail type of guy, not flashy, but he gets the job done. But for the Philadelphia Eagles, man, this was an opportunity, man, this was an opportunity blown. And, and at this point now, I really thought after last week, I said, I thought the Eagles were going to really turn a corner. I really, I really felt like they were going to turn a corner and uh, I, I now I'm really starting to second guess how far I believe this team can go in the playoffs. And I haven't said that all year, but now I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning that way. I'm concerned. Joe, I wish I hadn't told you to bet the Super Bowl future on the Eagles last week because you would have got a whole lot better odds this week. <laughs> 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 I think you guys are going to be. I think you guys are going to be okay, Tick. Um, that wow. being said, I don't know. Really, I, I'm not. Yeah, I think that you're going to be. You're still one of the better teams in the league. I I don't think so I'm hearing that. Philly fans are going nuts, though. My buddy, listen to this text. <laughs> so my buddy, listen that. to this. This text my buddy sends me today. If I am the Eagles, I would trade Jalen Hurts and three top picks for the number one overall pick this year. He is done in Philly. I think something is seriously off. I think the wide receivers think he stinks. That's the text I got from an Eagles fan. This is a this is a diehard Eagles fan, by the way. This is how this is how sick this is how sick this situation. That's outrageous, man. Well, this is how it goes, though, and Ticket will tell you. I mean, I'm not. I'm sure Ticket's not on that same wavelength, but this is how it goes in Philly. But man. Mikey, here's the thing. Okay, I I'm not agreeing with that. I'm just reading. I am agreeing with everything you're saying about how and and I'm sure Ticket's like you know dire straits right now with the Eagles. I agree with all of that. But you look at the other teams. Look at the Dallas Cowboys. They're just, they're as bad, if not worse. San Francisco two weeks ago got blown out of the fucking building at, in, at home. And now McCaffrey is banged up. And who knows what's going to happen there. I still think they're the cream of the crop in the NFC. But they've been, they have, they have been vulnerable at times. And they've shown that they can lose. All I'm seeing is there's not like a Baltimore Ravens in the NFC right now. I, so, I I still I still feel like San Fran is though. I really do. You think so? I do. I mean, yeah, I, I, I McCaffrey is hurt. If well, McCaffrey no, that that's a bit. I I but McCaffrey's a nutshell. He'll play. He's gonna play. Now is he 100? percent That's a whole. I'm saying story. if he gets plays, he gets sure. banged up again. Sure. If he if they lose him for any significant time in the playoffs, that team significantly changes because it's shown that when Brock Purdy gets 
any pressure whatsoever. Yes. He is prone yes. to making mistakes, and that happened in that Ravens game. He had four turnovers. So all I'm saying is I'm not diminishing how bad of a result this was for the Eagles and how much of a just a layup, a layover of a game it was. What I am saying is that the NFC has been proven to be very weak in the sense that teams are not dominant and consistent. It's all over the terms. place. Yeah, so yeah. as bad as it is for the Eagles, they're still in the playoffs. They still have weapons left right and center they've got this is a this is where Sirianni has got to take this team and he's got to get them fucking focused and I think that that's where the problem lies well that's where that's where I think the problem might lie but this is where he needs to come in and make a fucking huge impact on this team because they still have all the tools they're not they're, they're they're not a shitty team they're just playing down to their opponents at this point and that's that is scary, but Tick, I think you're going to be okay. I think this Eagles team will win at least one playoff game, and I think they'll be in the mix. But man, I don't blame you for being fucking worried because that was not okay. Slice it whichever way you want to slice it. Work it. Find some numbers that work out in the Eagles' favor. It's the defense, Tick. Team sucks. Team sucks, guys. The, de- team the sucks. defense. The defense. I'm going to say this: the defense. The the Eagles' defense sucks. Guys, I've the told you. Defense. I, I said it, it from the very it from week one against the Patriots. Players, though I, I thought the I'm so sick of around. fucking hearing that, Mike. I know. I'm I sorry. am sick of sorry. hearing that. The only thing know, I'm more I'm sick of than than the than the Eagles play on the field is every fucking week. I'm I'm looking at this team play down to their opponent, and I keep waiting for them to fix it. But the only thing that's more frustrating is everyone who isn't an Eagles fan saying like, oh, come on, man. I, if I woke up and my <laughs> team was 11 and five, I would be like, blah, 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 blah. Go fuck <laughs> yourself because I don't play for a winning record. I'm not with the Eagles this year. For there, Certainly there are some seasons where I am. A winning season is, is a good season. For this Eagles team, what they accomplished last year, moving into this year, that's not my expectation. Yeah, I don't I agree want with that. eleven and five means garbage to me if I we walk out of the playoffs losing the first game. That that means fucking nothing. And it seems like some people are content with with twelve wins, eleven wins. If that's all they want, good for them. That's not the kind of fan I am. We we are in serious serious fucking trouble i'm not totally with with your boy here i'm actually pointing the finger i who should leave tomorrow is nick sirianni i want to give jalen hurts one more year he has serious serious issues but he's earned one more year for me i i don't think if i think the problem's the coach let's bring in a new coach and give jalen hurts another year with that coach and if he's still suffering then we get rid of him. But I understand what your guy's saying is there's still some value for Jalen Hurts. If we get rid of him now, we still might get some value from him. If you keep him another year and he keeps playing abysmally, he might not have any value. I get that. But I think he's earned from me one more year. It's the coaching staff. It's the offensive coordinator and it's Nick Sirianni. The team you know what's You know what's worse? You know what's worse too? When you look at this Eagles team and you look at their players, yeah, Goddard went out for a while. But really, the injury bug has not bitten them badly in the big spots at all. The Devontae Smith yeah. has been healthy. A.J. Brown has been healthy. Jalen Hurts, for all intents and purposes, has been healthy. Offensive Deep- line, healthy. Yeah, that's that's what really stings. Because in the NFL, shit could just go south so quickly when you lose a Joe Burrow. When you lose, uh, when you lose a starting quarterback, a Kirk Cousins. It could turn so sour so quickly. And for them to yeah. be as healthy as they are at this point in the season and still struggling as mightily as they're struggling. That's a disappointment. But again, I really, really, this defense, man, this defense, they just sucks. 
They can't stop anybody. Bradbury is one of it, the it, very worst going right now. Yeah. He can't cover a nosebleed, my man. He's he he he's he sucks. Um, and you know what? He's been he's been um he's been shielded it, by Slay a lot. Like because uh, he'll take right. the number two option, and he right. that's sort of where he belongs. He's still yes. iffy there, but he can cover a number two. When Slay's been hurt and Bradbury became our number one. He got fucking exposed and he he's just he's been a massive liability and every team walking in good or bad has exploited that and taken complete advantage of that. So, um, yeah, team team sucks. Um, <laughs> don't bet on him. Don't bet on him. Uh, let's move on here. Let's move on to uh, Mikey just uh, referenced this guy, Joe Burrow's team. He's hurt. And uh, the backup looks pretty damn good, although they didn't walk away with the win. The Bengals played the Chiefs, and the Chiefs walked out of there with a victory uh, 25-17. Joey D, what do you make of that game? Uh, this is a game where I took the Chiefs, and I, I for a majority of the game, I questioned again why I went back to the well. And <laughs> quite frankly, they probably should not have covered because if you watch the game, it was not an eight-point victory by any means. Uh, the for long stretches of the game, it looked like the Chiefs weren't even going to win this football game. Um, and it just comes down to just them not capitalizing on offense. I, I thought the defense did enough that they gave them opportunities to score. Harrison Butker, I think, what, five field goals in yeah. order for them to win? <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. If you had him in fantasy in the championships, that could have done it right there. But I, I, I don't know, man. I just there's something a little off on this Chiefs team. They covered, they won the game, they won their division. Yet I just don't think if they play a team that is really solid in the playoffs, I don't have a lot of faith in this team to go ahead and win. No, they're going to lose. They're they're barely winning at, I mean, they're barely, like, they could have lost this game and lost two in a row at Arrowhead. I mean, that's a problem. Like, this is just not... And Mahomes is is trying to dance around. I mean, he's got not getting protection at all. The line is collapsing in front of him. And as a result, it's just like there's times where the running game looks good with Pacheco, but then they don't get it. They go away from it. Yeah. And yep. it's just like, yep. I don't know why they don't. I, I, it's like they're trying to still be the Chiefs of the past when they're not that team anymore. In order for this team to succeed, they got to run the football. They got to give Mahomes more time, maybe do some play action passes uh Rasheed Rice looks like he's a solid wide receiver but everyone else around Scantling this guy oh drops balls every all single the, uh, every receiver there does besides Rice they all stink it's awful they, they, man and it's just like they're trying to be the team they were a few years ago they're not that team they got to figure out who they are now and play that brand of football and stop living in the past. Chiefs are lucky that they won this game, man. I mean, the first half they got thoroughly dominated again and the Bengals just couldn't score a point in the second half hats off to the chiefs defense um, on that. But you know, the first half they were letting, they were let Jake Browning move the ball up and down. No problem. Uh, Again, the chiefs are just, they're not the chiefs of old this year. Uh, Joe's right. The offensive line. And you remember the last time they were on the biggest of stages with a, with a mediocre offensive line. Now, granted it was due to injury, both the starting tackles out in that super bowl game against Tampa, but it doesn't matter how good you are, Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter when, 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 when there's guys in the backfield immediately, it just doesn't matter. I don't care what you could do, how much you could run around, how strong your arm is. If guys are getting in the backfield that quickly and there's penetration that quickly, it just doesn't matter. So when they have to go play a a, a Baltimore or you know uh, you know even a Buffalo with it the, with their defense maybe uh, you know uh, on the road potentially, 
Um, they are the Browns. I mean, if they got to play a Cleveland team with their defense, um, they are going to have some serious, serious problems. I mean, they're, they, they had a struggle to come back, not score any touchdowns at home to beat a Jake Browning led Cincinnati Bengal team. They lost to an Aiden O'Connell Raiders team at home. I oh, mean, this, what is going to happen when they play a legitimate playoff team with a Lamar Jackson and a defense or a Joe Flacco and a defense or a Josh Allen and a defense? It's going to be very problematic. It's going to be very problematic for them. Um, yeah, the Chiefs, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think a lot of people are still just like expecting that the Chiefs could still make a run because it's Mahomes. And on the one hand, I understand that because he is a magician at times and he does do things that make you just say, holy shit, I can't believe it. But on the other side, man, they've consistently looked bad more than they've consistently looked good this year. Yeah, I mean, what, they score one touchdown that game? The offense scored one touchdown? I think yeah. uh, Harris. Yeah. Cal, they, uh, Kelsey, right? In the beginning of the game, he Pache- caught a touchdown? Pacheco. 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 Right. That was the um, first touchdown, first quarter. Right. right. Yeah. And if they had a kicker, if they had almost any other kicker in the league, because the kicking this season has just been, just been horrid. They had almost anybody other than, than Bucker. They're, they're going to lose that game. Um, oh. But the defense stepped up against Jake Browning in, in, the, in the second half, specifically the fourth quarter. Um, and the, the Bengals just look like a different team offensively in that second half. And uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs got away with it. You know, they got away with it similar, maybe not totally similar to the Cowboys, but they did play down to a team that they probably should have won more convincingly. And that's like Mikey said, that's really going to bite them in the playoffs. I yeah. think there's a lot of teams that could beat them right now. And, um, you know, it's it's hard to, to you know, what I am sick of is they keep talking about Patrick Mahomes <clears throat> on the broadcast every week. Like he's still without a doubt the greatest quarterback in the league and maybe he is talent wise but he ain't fucking playing like it at all this year and i get all the guys who are dropping balls and all that he's still throwing up weak passes man he's still dancing around in a way that that's very un mahomes like and i'm just sick and tired of guys like tony romo and everyone just sucking his dick (laughs) over and over again because he ain't that guy right now pal he he just ain't and there's really no arguing it um, but they walked away with the victory there and, uh, good for them. Let's similar to the Eagles. Let's see how they do in the playoffs. Um, let's talk two more games here and then, uh, we'll do who's a problem and then some viewer questions and then we'll get out of here. Cause it is getting late. I know everyone's tired. I certainly am. Um, let's head to, I want to talk about this team. I want to talk about the Rams. The Rams went to New York and they barely won that game. It was, it was a wild finish there, but they did win 26 to 25. Um, Mikey, what do you make of the Rams and what'd you make of that game? Well, like I said last week, the Giants are a better team with Tyrod Taylor. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is a legitimate NFL backup. Uh, If not for injuries, he may have had a career as a starter in this league, a better career as a starter. Um, He could run an offense. He's competent. He's mobile. He's got a good arm. He's he's got an NFL IQ um, and he could play. He could play at the highest level. now is he is he a guy that you're gonna you're gonna make your franchise guy? No, you just can't because unfortunately of all the things that I just mentioned with his injury uh, history and and uh, now you know how long he's been in the league. But you know I'm not surprised. The Giants are a scrappy team. The Giants the Giants are a pain in the ass. Like they're one of those teams. They're just a they, they their record is really poor and they certainly had a bad year this year after coming off the high of winning a road playoff game last year and paying Daniel Jones. 
But you know why Daniel Jones gets hurt and things derail quickly in the NFL? Like I just said, uh, how the Eagles have avoided major catastrophe in that area. Um, but the Giants are a pesky team. The Rams still beat them. Maybe they should have lost, maybe not. Um, but the Rams, you know, continue to win. And in the NFL, a road win is just as good as, as a 10-point win at home. So if you're the Rams, you take it and you move on. And the Rams could be one of those pesky teams in the playoffs. They could be. They could be a very pesky team in the playoffs especially in this NFC conference. So this game, they almost lost. But if you look at, at the, you know, the sequence of events that led to that point with, was it a punt return for a touchdown? I mean, all those things that kind of happened, um, they were kind of a little bit unfortunate because if you watch the game, I mean, they, uh, they, they, they were in a position of dominance throughout most of this game where they should have closed it out. That's the NFL. It's wild finishes sometimes. And yep. um, listen, this is a team that's firing right now. And I don't think, you know, with the NFC being what it is, I don't think a lot of teams would want to face this Rams team right now. Stafford has experience. He's won a Super Bowl. And whether he's washed or not, he's got two incredible receivers on either side of the ball. With Great Puka running Nakua, back, too. With 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 fucking Cooper Cup and this Kyron Williams man, this guy just continues yeah, just to stunned. fucking put up big time numbers. <laughs> yeah, um, if you have a five fantasy dynasty and you picked him up halfway through the league, you're licking your chops, man, because this guy is pretty special. But they have explosive players and they still got Aaron Donald. They still got a good, pretty solid defense, so they're a good team. There's no question about it. Um, they almost lost the game. I was fucking pissed because. As a Packers fan, I was rooting for them to lose this game. They needed either the Rams or the Seahawks to lose. And Mason Crosby, of all people, <laughs> ex-Packer player, missed the field goal that I was praying would be kicked for them to lose. So I was pretty pissed off about that. But turns out the Seahawks got trounced anyways, so didn't matter. But, yeah, big, big-time team right now playing good football. And we've seen in the past, we've seen the Packers do it. We've seen the Giants do it. Teams that barely make the playoffs get in as a late wild card and are playing their best football and then just go on to roll right through the playoffs. I'm not saying the Rams are going to do that, but they've got the formula right now. They got a solid coach and they got a quarterback who has experience. They could be a problem in the in the fucking playoffs, man. Yeah, abysmal kick by the Wizard of Cross. Surprisingly so. Uh, well, it was a 54, so I'll give them that, but. Not yeah. even close. It was not even close. Not even close. Um, the Rams, man, six and one in their last seven games. They they are yep. rolling, man. And doesn't matter who they're playing. Doesn't matter what's going on. They're they're getting it done. You know, they're and kind like, of your team, Tick. They're kind of like one of your teams. Well, and not because of LA, <laughs> but be, because of Matt Stafford. And if, yeah. if he goes, you to love Wa Stafford. If Loves he goes to him. if he goes to Washington tomorrow, <laughs> I'm you know I'm gonna have a soft spot in my heart for for them too. It's um. But yeah, man, I I do like seeing some of these older guys still. He's got a little venom still left in that arm, dude. He's got he can make some stuff happen, and then you pair him. He he's he's the exact kind of quarterback that needs an explosive running back, and that's exactly what he has. Yeah, Joey, hey, you got your hand up. What's up, pal? Do you think that if you put Matt Stafford right now on that same Lions team they have, that they could be? Oh, they're a better maybe team. Maybe the best team in the NFC. They're a better team because you know. Oh, are they the best team in the NFC? No, the the 49ers are still better than them, I think. Um, but I think they're they're pretty close. Yeah, he's probably better. Better pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I'd you'd better. rather have them over. You take him instead of the pedigree. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're the best in the NFC, but they're they're obviously 
much better team because the one knock on Stafford his whole career is that he throws interceptions. Well, what the fuck is Goff doing but throwing interceptions at inopportune times? Matthew Stafford could walk in there and still do that and also throw four touchdown passes while he's at it. Jared Goff can't do that. Um, but yeah, Rams getting hot at the right time. Like Mikey said, these Giants, they are pesky. They're definitely a better team. Um, I'm not going to throw it all on the Rams defense because that Giants offense looks a whole lot different with Tyrod Taylor starting. But um, yeah, they squeaked one out, six and one in their last seven. Good for them. Um, let's do one more game here. Let's move on to the Falcons. Took on the Chicago Bears. And if Joey D had rolled with the Bears one more week again, this guy, he would have won another to. game I of the know. week. But uh, the Bears won convincingly. They dominated uh, 37 to 17. Mikey, what'd you see there with your Bears? Justin Fields' uh, best game as a professional quarterback in the league wow. and, and on top of it to to have it in that kind of weather i mean he was making throws on sunday th- cutting the ball through snow and wind uh, at soldier field in short sleeves this guy the whole crowd was chanting we want justin we want justin i mean dj Moore, obvi- dj Moore, obviously uh you know, he doesn't do this without DJ Moore because nobody else on that team could even catch besides Cole Komet. Um, but Justin Fields had his best game as a professional quarterback on Sunday. And the defense, once again, they made Taylor Heineke look very silly at times. Uh, he made himself look very silly at times, but they took full advantage of it and and they did their job. Um, you know, the Bears, the Bears have have had a great second half of the season, period. They they they've turned it around completely. They look like a team that if they had made the playoffs this year, I think a lot of teams would not want to play them because of the defense and because of what fields can do to you with his arm and his legs, especially. And that's just a pain in the ass to game plan for. So that's definitely a team that I would think would be like a team. You wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to run into necessarily. They could be a a pain in the ass. Um, But you know, they, they got another win. They, they have the number one pick locked in now because of the Cardinals. Um, winning that game and they have a top 10 pick of their own. They have the number 10 pick. Uh, and then obviously they have a chance to play a spoiler role this week uh, in green Bay. They haven't won in green Bay since 2015. That was the last time they've won a game in green Bay. They have a very great opportunity in front of them Sunday. I imagine they will come out like this is a playoff game for them, a must win game for them. And it should be fireworks at Lambeau. Two teams that are on the two ascending young teams, Jordan Love and the Packers, Justin Fields and the Bears. Very exciting. And Fields has has an opportunity to leave a lasting impression in his last start, potentially maybe ever as a Bear. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But uh, if it is, he's going out uh, on a a high note, perhaps. He's certainly after this game, uh, but we'll see what happens Sunday. Joey D. Yeah, the Bears look good right now. I said all if you watched last week's episode, I said all those things to Mikey. Uh, Justin Fields is, but without a question, the play to keep you know at least one more year and give him an opportunity. I agree. I agree. And you know what? Somebody who I've been very hard on throughout the year, and I'm gonna you know give him credit when he deserves credit. Eberflus has done a very good job turning this team around. Whether you like him or not, they looked like the season was just in disarray when Badgett came in and, you know, they just did, they look like the same old bears and somehow, you know, it's just kind of turned around and, you know, there's a couple games there that they should have won. 
They should have beaten the Lions. They should have beaten the Browns. You talk about two wins right there. They're should have right beat the, in the Broncos. Playoffs. Should be Broncos. The Broncos. They, they easily could be a wild card team. They could be in the playoffs. They could be where the Rams are right now. Um, so I think if you're Mikey or if you're a Bears fan, you have a lot to be excited about, specifically because you're still getting the first overall pick. The team's showing improvement. Whether or not, if you don't go and get a Caleb Williams, maybe you trade down for a pick and you try to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Or maybe you try to get, who knows? You know. Yeah. And so I think that there's a lot of excitement for the Chicago community, and they're deservingly should be. Atlanta on the other side of the ball, this team just stinks, man. Uh, <laughs> now, they, they made me a lot of money two weeks ago, thankful for that, but yeah. this team just is the epitome of inconsistency. Just can't get out of their own way. I am, as a Packers fan, nervous next week, and I will admit that openly, because I have said now for the last two to three weeks, this Chicago team is a team you really don't want to play. And the rivalry between these two teams is unlike any in football. And on top of that, they fucking hate us. So they are going to come out and try to take and dismantle any opportunity we have to make the playoffs. And I don't know if Matt LaFleur is a good enough coach to overcome how well these bears are going to show up. It's going to be very scary. So Kudos to Mikey V. I'm excited for you uh, and your team and the future prospects that they have. I think Justin Fields has a shitload of talent. It's just whether or not you can mentally get him to where he needs to be to see and play call a game as a manager and not make these stupid decisions that he has yeah. in the past. And if he can yeah. do that, he can be in the in the league for a long time and be very successful. Yeah, if he cuts the turnover, the dumb turnovers and he protects the ball when he runs because he has a tendency to cough the ball up. He has a tendency to hold yeah. on to the ball too long. Or even just not to get hurt. But the yeah, and the issue is, is like, you know, he makes a play like he made on Sunday, which was like, you know, went viral. The one escape act, escape act he had from the pocket on a third down when he literally should have been sacked twice. And even I was like, I've seen him do crazy, crazy, crazy things. I've been watching him for many years. That was one of the more preposterous escapes I have ever seen. I was in dis my jaw hit the floor when he got out of that play. But that's one of those plays where like, how often can you really do that? How long can you sustain doing that without getting injured, without turning the ball over? So that's it. Like he has to learn still how to minimize the injury, how to minimize the turnover, but he's going to play his style of football. And that's part of what makes him special and unique. Um, but yeah, Sunday should be a great game. The Packers now are in a position back-to-back -back years taking on a divisional opponent at home the last week of the season with a shot of the playoffs on the line. They blew it last year against the Lions. This is a team that they beat all the time. They don't lose to the Bears. So this is this is really going to be – I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Green Bay in this game. And there's no a ton lot. of pr – I feel like there's a ton of pressure on Fields too and the Bears to a degree because they never beat the Packers. <laughs> But I do feel like the Packers, this is going to be a pressure cooker. This is going to be a pressure cooker. And I'm excited to see how Jordan Love looks in, in a spot like that. Because to be honest, he he's at times this year under pressure. He's looked magnificent. Now, he's had his lumps. He's taken his lumps. He's had moments where you're like, oh, what the fuck was that? But that's to be expected with a rookie. who I still consider him a, a rookie starter, I should say. A rookie franchise quarterback, I should say. Um, but the opportunity is all there right in front of him. Right in front I'm of the ticket. I'm pretty glad as a Packers fan that we have a tough test 
to play against this sure. week because it's almost like a playoff game. Um, and I feel like if they can come, it is through, a playoff game. Well, yeah, it is. It is a playoff. If they game. lose, you're out. So I feel like this is a really good setup for the Packers. Whereas last year, I feel like it was everybody and their mother expected us to beat Detroit, yes. Yes. and it was a very uh, it was a, a perfect opportunity for a letdown game, which is exactly what we had. I feel like if the Packers could come out this week and really take it and win this game, they're going to be well set up, especially after last week's performance for the playoffs. And I think we could sneak a, maybe a win in the playoffs as well. So it's going to be an awesome game ticket. Obviously you're an objective guy. You don't have stake in either side of this. Um, what do you what do you see? Obviously, you, you've been high on the Bears even when we were low on them. Um, I you know, it's funny, Tick. Sometimes your takes seem pretty fucking shitty. And if you wait long enough, they actually come to fruition. He's talking <laughs> shit about the Eagles all year. He said the Bears are yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, like sometimes yeah. Tick, you just you gotta, gotta let, let them marinate. Takes. Gotta, let, you gotta let them yeah, you gotta let them steal. I'm early. Them. I'm early. I buy in early. He's like the um, he's like he's like the crock pot of uh, of takes. He's a slow cooker. He's a slow. And you know cooker. what? Yeah, they is. might not be the worst team in the league, but Denver sucks. I Denver <laughs> Denver does stink. I yeah, was they right. do. Um, yeah, no, I mean the the Bears are are they're in one of the most exciting situations that you could possibly be in right now. I mean, they've got a lot going for them. They're starting to look really good with the team that they have, and you've got some great draft picks, including the number one overall. And it's a pretty decent uh, draft, especially for the things that you need. I think the only mistake you could possibly make would be moving on from Justin Fields. That's the only, it's the only way you could possibly fuck this up because he, he looks, he, he's so clearly made it obvious that when he's in the right situation, like when things are working well, when that, when the offensive play calling isn't working against him and when the offensive line can finally protect him, he makes awesome He's an awesome quarterback and you yeah. just got to get him. You got to create more of that opportunity for him. And when you do, you're going to be adding him, maybe a Marvin Harrison jr. Or someone else in there, uh, just a few more pieces on offensive line. You guys are going to be the best team in the NFC uh, North. So yeah, the bears are in a really, really, in my opinion, uh, really, really fun and exciting position right now. And I, I would be nothing but over the moon for them right now. If I was a fan of Chicago, Um yeah, Atlanta stinks and the Packers. I, I that's going to be an awesome game to watch. I don't, I have no idea who's going to win that game because two, both teams have an op, they both can look really good and they both can lay up a fucking dud and it's going to be interesting to see if which team does that or if both come prepared and play their best football. So it'll be it's going to be a great game. Joe, I this is I, it for me. This, this is it for me. This is it for me. This game because everything would tell you do not do not take the Bears in this game because they just cannot beat the, they haven't beaten this team since 2018. Huh. That's the last time they beat this team was 2018. And the last time they beat them in Lambeau was almost 10 years ago, 2015. Okay. So this to me, if the Bears go into Lambeau and do this, I would say I am I'm firmly now like I will be so over the moon excited for next year. And I will say that they really showed me something. I'm not talking about beating Atlanta at home. I'm not talking about beating the Cardinals at home. Go and beat Green Bay in Lambeau Field when everything in the world is on the line for them to make the playoffs. And that will show me, A, Matt Eberflus is the guy to stay with, and B, Justin Fields is certainly 
the guy to stay with. And I don't even think it's a question if they go out. Oh, and do they've that. already shown you that, Mike. He doesn't rest all on this game. They've already a shown lot you does. that. A lot rides on the oh, game, though, I wow, feel it's like. a lot of A pressure. lot rides. If I'll say this, Ticket. If they go into Lambeau and it's the same old story, same old dance, and the Packers embarrass them and beat them by, like, They're not going to embarrass them. Okay, but what if? If I've seen it, Joe, I've seen it so many. If they go to Lambeau and they lose by 17 points, 20 points, something like that, over two touchdowns, and they lose that way, then to me, I'll be back in the same spot. I'll say, yeah, it's nice what they did some of these games at home against these, let's face it, the Cardinals and the Falcons fucking stank. Like, mm-hmm. like they, they haven't beaten any. Yeah. They beat one good team. They beat Detroit. That was a really good win for them. Uh, but again, that was a home game. Yes, they should have beat Detroit on the should've road. They should have beat the Broncos. Yeah. They should have beat, could have, should have, would have. Go beat Green Bay in Lambeau. And I will, my eyes will open fully wide, fully wide. My mm-hmm. eyes will be open. But again, I, I wouldn't put my money on it, man. Cause I know the deal when we play this team, every time I think we're going to win, we lose every time, <laughs> every time. Yo, that little grin on his face. Because he knows. <laughs> because he knows. He's lived it. He knows. He knows I know. that they, they, they beat us every time. He but knows. you've also, we've also had Aaron Rodgers. This is not. Uh, you had Jordan Love Aaron. week one and you took care of business. It in was Chicago. week one. It was, it was week one. Uh, anything goes. It's the first week of the NFL season. Yeah. You know, I, I, this is going to be a close game and we'll leave more for what I sure. think is going to happen for the next episode. But it's going to be it's a be Joe's game. game of the week. Yep. I bet you this is his game of the week ticket. You could make my game of the week picking that this will be Joe's game. <laughs> That's my game of the week, Mr. Anderson. Put it on the board. You can put it on the board. Yes. All right, guys. Let's move on here. Um, let's move to who's a problem. Joseph, who is a problem this week? Hmm. I was uh, toggling through a couple different people. Um, I'll tell you who's a problem. <laughs> the, I, you know, who's a problem. The, the fucking NCAA college board is, is, is a problem for college football because what we saw this week in fucking bowl games was so bad. And uh, I just think that it's just like, I know that Mikey said it, you know, earlier on the Brilliant Dub show, we have the 12 team playoff come next year. This system is such a problem for, for just an avid football watcher. And like for anybody who enjoys college football to watch such a good brand of football throughout the year. And then to watch some of these bowl games was just yeah. so bad. And the fact that, you know, you can't fault a team for letting their star players not play in a bowl game because they don't want to get hurt for the NFL. But you got a team with 27 opt-outs in Florida State. You got, you know, guys like obviously USC worked out for them. But like, there's just, it's just like, you don't even know as a fan or somebody wants to place a wager. Who are you getting? What is going to be the team? What are they going to look like? It's just, it's just such a, a bad product. And I think a lot of it stems from a shitty system. And it's unfortunate because you get, an unbelievable product the entire year. And then it seems like this year, you know, at the end of the year with the games, that shouldn't matter. They really don't. And it was pretty, pretty pathetic. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Mikey, who's a problem this week? Shortest. Who's a problem ever for me? Seth McLaughlin, the center for Alabama. 
Seth McLaughlin, oh. center for Alabama. And I don't mean to beat a dead horse and he's a kid and all that, but they make NIL money now. So fuck him. Uh, he, he, he's a problem, man. Like, like you got son, you got, you, you got to snap the ball, son. You, you, if you're playing center at that level, you got to be able to snap. I, I have never seen, and you know what? Maybe it's an epidemic in football lately. I've seen a lot of these teams where the quarterback center exchange on these shotgun snaps just isn't good. It's just flat out not good. And I don't know what it is that they're not, it can't be that they're not practicing it enough. Cause if they're running their base offense and practice, they're doing all those snaps. I don't know what it is. Maybe this, it's a lost art, the position, but um, and certainly I root for a pro team that is in desperate, desperate need for a center. The bears need a center like they need water. Um, Seth McLaughlin, man, that, that was such a problem. That's a huge problem. So yeah, for me this week, I, I think quite frankly, he may have cost Alabama a bit at the national title himself because of all those bad snaps. I mean, he did it on the very last play. Not good. Not good. <laughs> all right. Uh, it was uh, bad. It was bad. It was, it bad, was bad. He was, he was, was terrible. Bad. So by um, the way, you know who else is a problem is that entire offensive line oh, parading man. down Michigan's fucking sidelines before the game. Oh, and then yeah. only to get absolutely disbanded. Did see, I didn't, I didn't even see that. shit. That, you okay. could go ahead and put that as yeah. a problem as well on that my side too. Yeah. That's a clown show. Um, my problem this week is fans of a team that is not yours. Um, <laughs> don't, 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 don't tell other fans how to feel about their own team. Don't parent other people's children. You aren't watching the same way that fan base is watching. Don't say, oh, boo hoo. I would love to be that. The, then go fucking cry about your fucking team. Not being that don't tell us how to feel. Cause we're watching something different than you. And that goes for, for all, all fucking fan bases. Don't, if you're a Ravens fan base, don't fucking tell Bill's fan how to fucking act and how they should be and vice versa. Don't comment about the team. Have your own opinions about the team. Don't get in the ass of the, uh, the, the fan base of that team. Don't tell them how to feel. Don't do it. This sounds, this sounds like this is a personal ego. Well, don't, 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 don't parent other people's children. I mean, Mikey, I've seen it happen plenty of times. I've heard it. Phillies fans talk about Dallas fans back in the day or Giants fans telling them, oh, they should act differently. They barely won those Super Bowls. Shut your mouth. The Giants won the Super Bowl. (laughs) The Giants won the Super Bowl. I mean, what do you want them to do? Not fucking make one of the craziest plays of all time and that guy catch it on his helmet. What do you want them to do? They won. David Tyree. No. You know, so it goes for us. It goes for everyone. It's personal, but I also wish everyone just shut the fuck up about things they don't know what they're talking about. Um... Anyway, that's who is a problem this week. Uh, Let's move on to our last segment, the viewer questions. This first question comes from Zach Hansen. Who is your favorite player who's not on your team? Mikey, let's start with you. Uh, Man, I got a lot, man. Uh, Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, uh, Ohio State guy. Uh, Max Crosby, another guy that I think is absolutely phenomenal. Um, uh, AJ Brown. I, I mean, I know AJ Brown could get a little divish, but I, 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 AJ Brown to me is just a fucking stud. Um, but I guess if I had to pick just one guy, I'm picking just one guy. You're making me just pick one single guy. I, I mean, Tyree Kill, man. Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill's fucking awesome. He's just <laughs> fucking awesome. Like, he's just, I mean, I would give anything to have that guy on my team. Any, anything. I just get, I would give anything to have him as a bear. You think he'd look good in orange? Oh, he'd look tremendous. Can you imagine, <laughs> you imagine him and DJ Moore run, running routes out there, man? And not to say that Waddle's, you know, a, a bum. He certainly is. He's awesome. But man, oh, man, I think anybody would want that guy. Joey D. 
Christian McCaffrey. Sure. I mean, the luxury of having a guy who's essentially a wide That's receiver a and a running back intertwined in one. The guy's a warrior, gets battered, bruised, doesn't complain. He's not a diva. He's a hard-nosed white running back. It's like the white, what is it, the white unicorn? Or what is it that, that they say it's like so rare to see a good white running back? It's, I don't know what they say. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what they say. Yeah, maybe like a unicorn? Should, sure, yeah, yeah sure, like it's, sure. it's just rare. Normally, like the best running backs in history, you know, you don't see white running backs. It's very rare as a tailback. Anyways, this guy's awesome. He's he's oh. fucking hard-nosed, tough guy, um, team-first mentality. Not, not, a, not a guy who just praises himself. Christian McCaffrey, I would love to see him in green and gold. It'll never happen. I tell you what, too. I, when we were making a run, there was, like, chatter about Debo. Like, Debo, I, I personally, personally for me, I like Debo more than McCaffrey. Like, I just – Yeah, I, just I was going to put Debo, cooler. but he gets hurt. He gets yeah, he hurt does. more often. He does get oh, hurt a lot. McCaffrey always was getting fucking hurt. Always. Up the until, one year I had him in fantasy, he got hurt. Yeah, up until coming to the Niners. Now he's a fucking he's, – he's, 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 uh, he's the bionic man. He never gets fucking hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your guy's tick? Uh, I've got it. Yeah. Like Mikey, I've got a number of guys. I, I Matt always Stafford. like, uh, sure. <laughs> Matt Stafford, it's gotta be Matt Stafford tick. It has to be. I like no, um, likes Jimmy Garoppolo. Sure. I like, I like Garoppolo. <laughs> too. Yeah. I like guys. Like I, I do like a lot of defensive players. Like I, I love D backs. I love like a Buda, ba- uh, Buda Baker or yeah, a Patrick Sertain. I like those guys. Patrick I'm Sertain's gonna, great. I'm going to roll with, um, I'm gonna roll with Josh Allen. I, I, wow. I love Josh, and it's not. I, you know, Josh Allen, been, the quarterback, or Josh Allen, the edge. <laughs> Josh Allen, the quarterback. Good. They're both okay. great. They um, are. That's why yeah. he is a friend of the show. But I mean, he he's is. not. I don't. You know, if I, I'll tell it how it is. But I, I just love that guy. He's so, he's so much fun to watch. Um, and I think the Eagles would be better with him. Um, wow. Of course, of course, I think that. I mean, he's a great player. I, I still think he's a top three quarterback. And he certainly the second half of the season, he was he was dominant, but he does have you know what? He's a lot like he's a he's a more talented Matt Stafford, but he does that thing that Matt Stafford always did is like throwing inopportune interceptions. I just love those gunslingers that do that. I don't know why. I I also love Jay Cutler, too. I used to love Jay Cutler, just a gunslinger who just throws the most inopportune hundred yard uh interceptions um, the difference so yeah. is is that allen won playoff games and 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 uh stafford won a super bowl well i mean cutler got to a nfc title game but yeah 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 he faced those packers <laughs> yeah yeah well he got knocked he got knocked out of that game that was fucking terrible josh mcnown josh mccown came in right that was the bj raji hula hoop game oh yeah yeah this yeah, is what i mean like we just don't we just we just don't beat that fucking team man it's so annoying look at that that's that's one of the more horrific things i've had to ever look at in my life it's fucking horrible all right enough enough like that. oh that's man a clip. That's, that's a great clip. clip good for you joe um... we need a side by side of raji and joe doing that Mr. A. I'm almost as big as him at this point in my life. I'm yeah, you gotta so. you gotta earn your keep on that one. We need that. <laughs> but good for you getting in the gym the day after New Year's. Good for you to take I've been that in the initiative. gym first two days. When I'm with Nicole, I'm a better person. It's when I'm not with Nicole, it's just the wheels come off. Oh, it's like when you're with the boys on the road. Yeah. Yeah, that can that's gonna <laughs> happen. <laughs> All right. Uh moving on. Great question, Zach. Moving on to Nick Castellanos. Um not a sports question, but 
first car stories. Joey D, what was your first car story? First car I had was a truck, a Mazda B2200 <laughs> that was given to me by my no-no before he passed <laughs> away. I was the favorite grandson. Um, and <laughs> of, course, of course you were, bro. Of course you were. I inherited, I inherited the, the car, had a cassette still in, Andrea Pacelli, classic, wow. had the Italian uh, Federation little thing hanging from the rear mirror. Um, yeah, the horn, I told, did he have the horn hanging from he the did, rear? Yeah, 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 total yeah. the <laughs> shit out of it. Um, oh. I was driving down the road and um, coming back from work one day on a windy road from work and um, on my phone reading the text. And then I looked up and a squirrel actually went flying across the street. I tried to avoid hitting the squirrel, lost control and just destroyed the oh, truck. So no, that was that. Um, that truck lived in my heart for, yeah, I should have rode, should have ridden over it. If I could do it now, I'd ride, ride over it, put in reverse and ride over it again. Fucking squirrel. But no, that was my first car. Uh, my first real car. God love it. What's the horn? What, what are you guys talking about with the horn? You look like you wanted to ask something, Tick. Oh, my Italian it? horn. That's the Italian horn. Or the you know wards off. No, uh, you're not. Wards oh. off evil evil spirits. Gotcha. Okay, Mikey. Yeah, it, wards off, it wards it wards off people who are trying to throw shade at you. Basically, um, my first car was a 2000 Altima. Uh, not exciting whatsoever. Just my dad's car, and it was then uh, he gave it to me when his lease was up or whatever. Whatever happened, I don't know. 2000 Altima got the job done, uh, beat the shit out of that car like everyone does to their first car, like just horrible. First Rotor cars are right off. Rotors were rotors like couldn't even use the brakes. Eventually, it was just it was just terrible. And, you know, if you beat up a Nissan the way the Nissans used to be made, that you really beat the shit out of it because Nissans used to be one of those cars. You could drive that car 300,000 miles on that car like it was yeah. nothing. But, yeah, this car, I just beat the shit out of it. But. <laughs> Uh, my first car was a 2000 E class uh, Mercedes Benz. Whoa! Yes, yeah, my mom. This is my mom's second car. Whoa! Man, of class. Man, of class. It was the one that still had the the, the 3D emblem on the front of the car. It had yeah. the Mercedes thing that people used to steal. I never got stolen. I parked in the right spots. Um, yes. we'll do we'll do one last question, a quick one, then. Um, just to get us out of here. This one comes from Adrian Bustle. Uh, what is your go-to bagel order, Joey D? What's your go-to bagel order? Pretty simple. Everything bagel, toasted, cream cheese. Um, sometimes I'll go lox, but not normally. You know, I like actually the um, the chive or the scallion cream Scallions. cheese. I think it adds another alley, another element to it. Makes it a little bit good. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, sometimes if I'm feeling really wild, I'll do the jalapeno cheddar. But normally, uh, everything bagel. I just yeah, give me something that I like. I don't think you need to go too crazy with it, Mikey. Yeah, if if it's if it's a bagel sandwich, if it's a bagel sandwich, it's Taylor ham, egg, and cheese on a toasted salt bagel. Taylor ham, egg, and cheese on a wow. toasted salt pork, bagel. Pork roll. If it's non breakfast sandwich style, then it's just a regular. I go uh, a lot of bagel places in Jersey in this area have flagels, flat bagels, which I really like. Flat everything toasted, regular plain cream cheese. I and I go very light on the cream cheese because I hate when they put so much cream cheese that it when you squeeze it, it like comes off the side of the bagel. I can't stand that. So toasted uh flat everything with a little cream cheese. 
Yeah, if it's sandwich, I'll go. Uh, I'll go sesame, pork roll, egg and cheese, and then if it is uh, just a regular bagel, I'll go poppy seed. Uh, scallion is a great bagel. It's the it's the best. It's with the the scallion cream cheese, red onion, and then some locks on top. Um, wow, sick. <clears throat> all right, yeah. gentlemen. Another a jug of listerine after that one. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I there, with my ex girlfriend, yeah. I used to have them almost every Saturday morning, and she would. I'd have to take a shower basically and brush yeah, my teeth twice yeah, before yeah. she'd let me near. Um, all right, guys, another great episode. Sorry about the Wi-Fi again. Hopefully the next episode will be coming from a hotel room. Somehow that'll be better Wi-Fi than what I got here in this Airbnb. Um, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe to the YouTube, to the Instagram, fire your questions in there. Mr. A will then fire them to us and we will answer them at the end of each show. Um, gentlemen, a lot of fun. We got more to get to and we will later in the week when we see you in episode two um another good one guys that's mikey v that's joey d i'm the big ticket we will see you next week Peace.